Hello and welcome. UVA Speaks is a podcast of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty to the university's alumni, friends, and families. My name is Susan Lynch, and I'm the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning at the University of Virginia's Office of Engagement. This podcast features Julie Hazlip and Natalie May. Julie Hazlip is a clinical professor of nursing in the School of Nursing and holds a faculty appointment in the Department of Pediatrics at the School of Medicine at the University of Virginia. Natalie May is an associate professor of research at the School of Nursing at UVA. Hazlip and May have been working together on research about the topic of mattering. In this podcast, professors Hazlip and May will help us understand the concept of mattering and why it matters. So thank you, professors, for speaking with me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Susan. We're happy to be here. So first, can you tell me about the concept of mattering and how you got interested in it? So I'll start off. Um, This is Julie. Um, So there was a time, um, I guess it's been seven or eight years ago now, I was working in the pediatric ICU. I was working full-time as a physician there. And at the same time, I was actually pursuing a master's of applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. And when I was going through that coursework, I uh, had a lecture from uh, someone who's now a colleague um, in this research, a guy named Isaac Kulitinsky, who is at the University of Miami. And Isaac mentioned mattering um, as an area of his interest. And he... um, introduced it as the original definition, which is wanting to make a difference in the lives of others and to be significant in the world around you. And that struck me immediately. It, it just really resonated. And I thought, well, this is actually what healthcare is all about. This is what we get up in the morning for, um, this idea that we can make a positive difference in the lives of others and to you know have some significance in the world. And from that moment on, I was fascinated. Um, and I um, came home and I told Natalie about this. <laughs> and uh, we started thinking about how can we actually start to study this in healthcare populations. Um, because at that time, it was being studied primarily in family units. Um, the person who, um, Rosenberg, who's the person who originally described this, was talking about it in teenagers and how it was important for them to matter in their families of origin. Um, and then it had kind of caught on in the educational literature and a little bit in the social psychology literature. But at that point, there had been no exploration of it. Um, in healthcare, for sure, and only just a minimal amount in work environments uh, in general. And I got interested in this because Julie came back from that lecture and her um, applied positive psychology coursework and was really excited. So I had to listen to her talk about it a lot. <laughs> and, and in the beginning, I was just smiling and nodding and, and being a good colleague and friend. But um, once I started doing the research with her, um, I realized um, what a really interesting concept this is. Um, I've been in the well-being space for quite some time um, for clinicians in healthcare. Um, my past work had been in wisdom, um, how we gain wisdom through adversity with Dr. Pluzogan. 
And mattering really kind of creates, we're looking at cultures of mattering, which we'll talk about more, I'm sure, but um, creating that culture of mattering really allows so many other things to flourish, um, whether it's learning or well-being. So I find it just, it's, it's applicability also to be really interesting. Okay, great. Thank you. So I understand, uh, as you've mentioned, you've been doing research on mattering in healthcare settings for the past several years, and that certainly sounds very timely. Can you share with us what you have learned through your research? Well, we started off first talking about mattering in practicing clinicians, and our first study was in nurses. Um, <clears throat> And we were asking the questions, um, well, we started off being most curious about um, burnout and this idea that, you know, there's been this huge um, swelling of interest in the fact that our clinicians are getting burnout. Nurses, physicians, pretty much everyone in healthcare, the, the amount of burnout is really pretty overwhelming. Um, and so one of the things that I became very curious about early on was if someone truly feels like they matter in their work, could that be protective against burnout? Um, because if you feel like you're really making a difference and you're feeling valued, um, that, that seems like a pretty nice buffer. So we started out with a large survey of um, nurses across the country in various settings. And what was interesting is that those who um, reported a higher sense of mattering also reported a lower sense of burnout. Now, because of our study design, we can't say that the mattering was protective against burnout, but we can say that there was a correlation there. And that to me was extremely interesting. The other question or the other major finding was one of the things that we hear in the discussion around burnout is that people needed to reconnect with the meaning of their work. And so we asked people, you know, what is the meaning of your work at work? And they could articulate it very clearly. Um, there was, you know, no real doubt <laughs> about what the meaning of the work was. But then we asked, you know, tell us about a time when you felt like you mattered. And there was a subset of the people that we interviewed who said, I can't remember the last time I felt like I mattered at work. And to me, that was simply tragic. Um, here are people who have dedicated their professional lives to improving the lives of others, and yet they still didn't feel like what they did mattered. Um, so we moved on from there. We replicated the study in physicians and other healthcare professionals and found very similar results. And then we started saying, okay, now we need to understand the why and the how. And so we've started to interview people um, in depth about their experiences of mattering. And the punchline is that it really happens in the small moments. It's about moments of connection with others. It's about feeling seen, about feeling heard, um, and feeling known as a person. Um, and I don't know, Natalie, do you want to jump in? Yeah, there's a couple other things. Um, so back to the meaning um, of your work 
the Mayo Clinic just did a big nationwide study of all healthcare workers. So nurses, physicians, pharmacists, and nurses had the highest level of meaning in their work, but they also had the second highest level of burnout and stress, um, only second to pharmacists. And so I think that that this this you know common wisdom of you know connect to the meaning of your work may not be really the answer. Um, so that's one thing that that uh, Julie made me think of. Um, the other thing is that, you know, what Julie mentioned about those moments of connection, it's not just being the recipient of this kind of noticing and um, it's also being able to contribute. So, like, for example, our study right now of, of medical and nursing students, the times that they know that they matter is when they have made an, a valuable contribution to the team, to their patients, um, to their peers, even to the school, to the profession. Um, so that reciprocity, I guess, of mattering is what really intrigues us. And that it's not something that people do for me. It's also something that I can do for others. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that that's a really important concept. I think um, in kind of this um, world of individualism where people want to be self-sufficient and people want to believe that they can do everything on their own, and we are hesitant to ask other people for help. But one of the things that we're hearing, and I think that this is probably far more applicable you know, outside of uh, healthcare, is this idea that people actually want to do things for one another. We want to feel as though we have some kind of knowledge or talent or skill or just humanity or compassion that can be of benefit to someone else. And if no one's asking us for help, then we don't have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you've speaking, spoken about this a little bit, but uh, is there anything more that you'd like to build upon about explaining how mattering at work is different from the concept of meaning at work? think you've spoken about it a little bit yeah yeah this is one of i think the central questions that we're really trying um to delve into a little bit with our research um but where i've kind of come down on this and i think natalie you can say whether you agree or not but i think you know i feel like it's the meaning of the work that gets you into it and it's the mattering at work that makes you want to stay um and that if you so, our, Isaac Filipinski, who I mentioned a little earlier, has kind of come out with a new, more concise definition of mattering, where he says people want to add value and feel valued, right? And so, um, getting back to what Natalie was saying about contributions, you know, we want to have the opportunity to contribute, and we also want people to recognize the contributions that we're making. And so that's kind of, in some ways, the application of the meaning of your work um, or, you know, how you operationalize it and, and get seen for it. So I understand that you've received grant funding to study mattering in the healthcare education. Uh, can you share more about the grant and the research? Natalie, you want to jump in? 
Oh, sure. Um, so, yeah, we were fortunate enough to get um, funding from the Kern Institute for the Transformation of Medical Education. Um, but they have broadened their scope to beyond medical education to all healthcare educations. And they're especially interested in character. Um, so our work fit in nicely with their mission. And so they funded us um, two years ago to study cultures of mattering in healthcare education. And so we really wanted to understand how everyone in a healthcare education um, ecosystem feels as though they matter or help others feel as though they matter. And we started with students. Uh, we interviewed medical students and nursing students at UVA and at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Um, part of our research team is there. And so we interviewed students and we actually got, I think, twice as many students as we had originally anticipated um, participating in the study. So if anybody's done qualitative research, that's a lot of data. <laughs> so um, we, but that was, it was fantastic. And to get them from different institutions and two different um, professions uh, was great. And then this year we got funding for a second year um, to, to follow through on something that we did that was interesting. We asked students a lot of questions about when they felt as though they mattered during their training. Um, and when they feel as though they do not matter, we were able to ask about COVID and the impact that COVID had on their sense of mattering. Um, but we really wanted to get concrete behaviors, right, that people around them do to make them feel as though they matter. And then we asked them to specifically name what we call mattering exemplars. Somebody, whether it's faculty, staff, residents, attendings, um, you know, somebody in the dean's office uh, who really makes them feel as though they matter and why, what did they do? So we're the first research team that's really looked at what students identify as exemplars. And then this year we are interviewing those exemplars. And we're just in the middle of doing those interviews right now. And whenever we finish one, <laughs> I'm, Julie can attest to this, one of us will say, oh, my God, did they read the students' transcripts? They really mirror each other in such remarkable ways. Um, plus, then they're just really rich with um, the things that they do and why they do that to, to um make students feel as though they matter. Although I don't think, and Julie, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think that anyone ever says to themselves, I'm going to make my students feel as though they matter. They don't use that word. It's something just inherent in who they are as extraordinary teachers, um, which I think gives us a hint about what an extraordinary teacher does, right? Um, so that's what we're doing now. And Hopefully you can tell that we're very excited about that, too. And the other thing that I think is kind of interesting is that some of these exemplars are people who, you know, got into their teaching position in kind of a circuitous way, um, but weren't necessarily training to be teachers. They were training to be doctors. They were training to be nurses. They were training to be, uh, you know, in, in other positions. Um, and then they found themselves drawn to the education of the students, oftentimes 
Well, I guess I can't say oftentimes yet. We don't have enough data uh, to generalize, but you know, hearing that someone had a really profound experience in their own education um, that they are now bringing to the way that they educate others, um, and and in some of these cases, they have had no formal training in education, but what they do know how to do is connect to another person, um, and and to help them feel recognized, seen, and valued. Right. And it's interesting. I just thought of this too. I'm wondering if the meaning of their work as educators is tied in with that connection, that ability to connect, and what ends up doing is creating a sense of mattering in their students. That's a right hand question. Right. <laughs> well, as people learn more about your research, maybe that is one of the things that they will look to do in their teaching is to is to matter, you know, as they learn more about what this means. So it sounds like mattering is a concept that would be important in other areas in addition to sort of healthcare and education. Are the ways are there ways that our listeners could use mattering in their daily lives? Okay, Julie and I are both going to say the same thing, that we use mattering and what we have heard all the time in our daily lives. And I I personally don't do it all the time. You know, I, I can go to bed at night and say, oh, I should have sent somebody a note or I should have reached out to somebody. Um, but Julie, not only is she is an extraordinary mattering researcher, she's amazing at making her research team feel as though they matter. And you know, it's for parenting, and Julie is parenting many more children than I am, um, so she can speak to that. But, you know, every single thing about, every single mattering behavior is a small thing. So it's thanking the mailman for bringing your package up to the door and saying, you know, learning the mailman's name, or um, it, it's so simple, truly, but you have to be intentional. and. I don't know, Julie, you can you do this so all the time. You're talking about this a lot. <laughs> well, it, it it is actually pretty interesting um, because I do talk about it in all the realms of my life, not just in, in my academic research. But I've also, you know, my my kids now actually come home and say, Mom, I had this great experience today. And da 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 da. Um, where, you know, in oftentimes it's not about um someone being making them feel as though they mattered, but they actually feel like they've done something that's helped make someone else feel like they mattered. And that kind of gets back to the reciprocity thing that Natalie was talking about, because it, when you, um, it, and, and, and another question that we're kind of wrestling with is like, is, is mattering something that's intrinsic or extrinsic? Is it that I've done something and I know it was good and I feel like I mattered just because I did it? Or is there something about the way that the other person reacts to you that lets you know that what you've done mattered, right? And so, um, and, and it's probably both. It's probably both. But this idea of um, of when you make one person feel like they matter, it makes you feel like you matter because you've done something to enhance that person's experience. And so, um, I don't know. I think the world would be a better place if we all kind of took those things into consideration. 
And, you know, the other people who we have gotten to know that are also studying in this realm of mattering, um, you know, they're looking at it in um, populations and thinking about how we have a responsibility not only to, you know, making ourselves feel like we matter, but also to bring this to the broader population. And if you think about some of the social movements that we're seeing, you know, Black Lives Matter is a very obvious one because they use the word in their title, right? But this is about individuals in our population who don't feel as though they are adequately allowed to be contributing and being, or allowed is not the word, but not having the opportunity to contribute in the way that they know that they can and being valued for what they bring to the conversation. And so I do think that this is much bigger than the little slice of the world where we're studying this. Um, and yet I think what we're seeing in this little slice of the world is going to help us understand it better in this broader population. Yeah, great. And the, um, oh, no, please go ahead. Well, I, I was just thinking about, you know, what we've identified that exemplars do, for example, for their students. And it's they foster meaningful connections with their students. Well, how do they do that? They check in with their students. So students will tell us, I got a text from, you know, the woman in the dean's office who just wanted to make sure I was okay. Or I pass my anatomy professor in the hallway and he checks in with me to see if the class is going well. And, you know, it's simple, simple things. Um, investing time. We were really surprised to find a whole domain around time, spending time with me, taking the time to create, you know, quality PowerPoints, taking the time to ask my opinion or taking the time to do a, give me an oral exam, taking the time to teach me something that I was curious about. Um, so they are, again, small things. Um, but I think if we apply them in all areas of our lives or, or just more intentional about them, I think, I think we'll make the world a better place, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So finally, what has surprised you or intrigued you the most about the research that you have done on mattering? How much time do you have? <laughs> I think that there are there are so many, so very many things. Um, one is um, how much this resonates with other people when we talk to them about it. Um, it seems so simple. And, and sometimes we get questions like, well, why isn't this just about being nice, right? Or how is this different than just being nice? And it is different than just being nice. Um, it's about um, it's about really nurturing one another. It's about helping one another grow. It's about respecting one another as individuals and as people who are rich and multidimensional. Um, and also, you know, I, I think the more I see how much it's the little things right? It's the, you know, someone held the elevator door open for me. They saw me coming, 
and they didn't have to. The doors were already almost closed. They could have walked, you know, they could have. They remembered my favorite sandwich from the restaurant down the street. Um, Right. Right. It's, and one of the, the people with whom we've done some work talks about ambient relationships. It's about, you know, I go to the coffee cart every morning. And when I go, you know, I don't know their name. They don't know my name, but they know my order. And as soon as I walk up, they're putting it in the cash Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it, it can be so simple. And yet it is so incredibly meaningful to people. Um, I think what surprised me the most so far is that we can foster our own sense of mattering. And we're seeing this in the students. Um, that and it was funny i posted the um scientific american article on my facebook page recently and a friend wrote on my page she said oh this reminds me of my father when he went into the nursing home he made a point to learn everybody's name the staff the other patients doctors nurses and she said and he got the best care Now, I don't know if he got great care because he remembered their names, but, you know, that and we and we hear students say, well, I, you know, start a clinical rotation and I ask people, you know, what can I do? And I'd like to learn more about this and um, volunteering to do things to just insert themselves rather than to be passive waiting for someone to notice them. And. You know, I know that's not easy for everybody, but I think there are degrees and that we can learn to um, increase our own sense of mattering, which then in turn increases our sense of contribution and our sense of connection. Um, And I think, you know, that's we're hearing so much about that in the world right now, that anything we can do to foster a sense of connection. um, Ourselves and you. There was one student who was talking about being on the wards um, during the time of COVID. Uh, Well, actually, there are two stories I'll tell. So one, uh, the student noticed that this one individual was really lonely. And so just of their own volition, they went and took that patient and went for a walk every day. And they thought that, you know, it was just something simple that they could do to make this person's life better while they were in the hospital and they were lonely. But they also, in going for a walk with this person every day, learned things that ended up ultimately being important in the patient's care, um, just because they were spending time and talking and were able to to learn more about the patient. Um, And then the second was a, a nursing student who said, you know, there was this one person I, I, I can't remember if they had had a stroke or what the actual situation was, but she was having trouble eating. And she said, you know, the thing that would make the most difference to me, I love breakfast and I just never get to finish my breakfast. And so the next day she went in and she sat with that patient and she said, you know, the the nurses on the floor are really busy. They have lots of patients. They've got lots of things to do, but I had the time and I could go sit there and help her and make sure that she could safely eat her breakfast. And, you know, and I think about you know, how much I love breakfast and how exciting that would be for me. <laughs> Who I doesn't love breakfast? <laughs> and, and and actually, 
you know, take however much time I needed to do that, right? And these are things, you know, my I would venture to guess that when that patient went home, if they got a survey about their experience in the hospital, that might be the thing that stood out to them. So thank you so much, uh, Professors Hazlip and May, for sharing this information about your research. I really appreciate you both uh, sharing your knowledge and expertise with UVA's alumni, friends, and families. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you very much. Great. And thank you for listening for upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs. Please visit our website at engagement.virginia.edu forward slash learn. You can also find our podcasts on Spotify and with the Virginia Audio Collective, which is a network of UVA podcasts hosted by WTJU Radio and can be found at virginiaaudio.org. So thanks again, and we look forward to you taking part in future lifetime learning programs.